Welcome to the Beer Conspiracy Show. This is a comedy podcast where three longtime friends discuss off the wall topics, conspiracy theories, and horrific crimes. We like to drink beer and joke around about everything and tend to find humor in strange places, so this show may be considered offensive by some. Mature listening audience is advised. If you like weird stories, cracking a cold one, and having a laugh, you are going to love the Beer Conspiracy Show. I got all the Nickelback out of my system, so I'm good to go. No Nickelback, huh? You like Nickelback? Like, honestly? Best fucking band ever. No, I I don't don't really like Nickelback. You like Nickelback? (laughs) (laughs) Smoke weed every day. Getting a blowjob. <laughs> blowjob, beer, barbecue. Three things right there. The three Bs. <laughs> blowjob, beer, barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Beer Conspiracy Show. We're your hosts. I'm Aaron. I'm Jared. Dirty D. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, We're in a new location again. We have yet to ha- get a name for it. Hopefully by the end of the night. We'll figure it out. Dirty D, the namer guy, will have something. Yeah. But it's nice. I'm liking it. I'm liking these fucking chairs, man. That one came with the house. I was watching Theo Vaughn that's yesterday, it, yeah. and I was like, that dude has got it made. Like, that's the setup I want. And here we are. Like, I watched, almost exactly I watched like the one with him and that Asian Bobby Lee. Hilarious. Yeah, that guy is very funny. Yeah. I've got the, so same, funny. the same chair. I'm gonna make you a cushion for your butthole. Nice. <laughs> it'll, it'll be good. I need it to be extra plump in the middle. <laughs> or oh, maybe I can find you a nice comfy chair or something. I'll, I'll like another one like this would be awesome. Yeah, this is the best. Anyway, I think we're gonna switch up our order this from now on. So we're gonna start off with the beer corner. Um yeah. We got beers. No champagne or girly drinks. We drink beer and beer and beer, beer, beer. No champagne or girly drinks. We drink beer and beer and beer, beer, beer. Guys, third week in a row, we're fueled from our boy Johnny G. Tonight, we're doing some hazies that I love. We got Holy Roller IPA. It's a hazy, juicy IPA. Urban Del- South. Delicious. That's from New Orleans, right? Yeah, Urban South, New Orleans. Uh, 6.3 alcohol content. Delicious. Drinking the same thing. It's pretty good. Have you had the grapefruit holy roller? No, I'm not. It's but very fucking awesome. good. I yeah, like it's delicious. All right. J-Rock? I got Paradise Park. It is from Urban South also. It's an American lager. Very light, mild, easy to drink. Uh, I think it's 4.4 ABV. It's to be a good summer beer, but it's like your standard uh, Miller Lite, Bud Light, except it has actually a little bit of taste, and it's way fucking better. I like it. It's good. Nice. Easy to drink. The easy to drink ones really sneak up on you. I mean, that's 4.4. That's I mean, that's... Yeah, when you're like, 12 in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sneak up on you. No, those fucking Norpocalypses are what sneak up on you. Yeah. That's, that's... That's like halfway are, through the one... <laughs> <laughs> You're already hallucinating. To me, they're, they're the so wheel. good. Like, I'll just drink one in five minutes, and then I'll want another one. It's, was that the uh, Guns N' Roses one? No, that's the um, that was the West Coast from oh, yeah. Great Wrath. Now, Norpocalypse is Norley Barley Double IPA. And it's just remember, remember you said it stunk. I think <laughs> so. It smelled funky. Okay. I don't. We heavies. That's the one I remember. That Those that's are, the yeah. real thick one. Those don't sneak up on you. You oh, got to work for that. Oh, okay. The Norpocalypse is just. So easy to drink. For me, anyway, I fucking love it. It's dangerous. Yeah, it hits you real quick. And then it's too late. Yep, it's too late. You just gotta keep going and pounding them. Yeah. Then you're fucked by that point. <laughs> and then you can't read words. <laughs> yeah, then you can't read your creepypastas. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you gonna bring that up? <laughs> That's the fucking we funniest thing. That. Funny. That's the funniest thing we've ever done on it's the podcast. In the past. It took so long. <laughs> You got so drunk you couldn't read. That's fucking awesome. That's terrible. <laughs> when you tried. You put tried. My, I put my best effort in. You did. You did good. All right. That was the beer corner. Now we're going to kick it over to Dirty D for Dirty D's Dirty News. Okay, 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 okay. Welcome, Conspiracists, to this segment of Dirty D's Dirty News. Oh, I like that little addition. <laughs> I've got nice. a, a public announcement to make. Boys, hide you come. Don't let the girls take it. <laughs> 
So this. <laughs> Whoa. So this, this is this. This is good for me to know. I've been giving mine out all over town. No, you don't want to do that. You got to keep it locked up. <laughs> we were talking about earlier before we started recording. And we I, decided that, that jizz is biodegradable, <laughs> so I let it fly out the window. <laughs> yeah, but if they catch it up real quick, you're in trouble. So this story came from last month, which I missed it. I don't know how came. I missed it. Uh. <laughs> Drake uses hot sauce as birth control, Instagram model claims. So there's apparently this thing. Um, of, Did we not talk about this? I don't think no, so. No, I have never heard of this before much. Oh, no. Some Drake dude, uses sorry. hot yeah, sauce? Yeah, some dude at work told me about this. Go ahead. So, this apparently happens pretty often to famous people. Oh, I've so. heard I've heard of them, like, women busting condoms and stuff like that yeah. for, for famous, like, rich people or whatever. Yeah, so. I've never heard anything to do with hot sauce, though. I'm excited about this. So, Drake was banging an Instagram model. Well, of course. <laughs> nice. He's got to be careful. He don't want to have children. You know, by... Random people? Randos. Yeah. Yeah. So, after they were done, he took the condom off and put some hot sauce in it and then went to the bathroom. And then while he was in the bathroom, the girl took the condom and tried shoving it up her vag. Oh, man. Not again. Had hot sauce to kill the sperms. And, you know, I'm sure it burns in your vag as well. So, she's suing him for putting hot sauce in a condom. Fuck you, bitch. You're stealing his... Seriously, man. (laughs) That She's, is fucked up. Some people just want their payoff any way they can get it. She fished the condom out the trash, untied it, so he, he tied it up after, and put the opening in in her vagina. Dude, if I was Drake, I would have a condom incinerator in my house. Like, I would just get one, get up and immediately go to the bathroom and, like, throw that bitch in the incinerator and wash my dick. I like, would just have, like, a barrel fire, like a fucking hobo in my yeah, room. Yeah, just all the time. All just the pay time. somebody to be... <laughs> just pay a hobo to keep a barrel who's fire. That, who's that guy? It's my barrel fire, uh... It's my jizz incinerator. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't know what... How can she possibly right, have any kind of case? That's nuts. But that's a smart... It's a smart move. Drake's a genius. Like you willingly put hot sauce in your vagina. I right. Mean, what do you? What do you? How's that a lawsuit? That Just so make... they can have a famous baby and I guess be taken care of the rest. Drake's of their already life. got a baby, huh? From mm-hmm. a from you a. Uh... Have more than one baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's already got like a random baby. I think he's probably got multiple. It's just the one that you know about. I mean, that's why he puts hot sauce in the condoms now. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He don't want to pay for any more. I don't blame them. Babies are expensive. Smart move. So if you Inflation. throw away your condom, put in hot sauce for sure. <laughs> or a barrel fire. Inflation affects us all, even Drake. <laughs> <laughs> he had to downgrade his hot sauce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Might not be as effective it's, next time. Frank, Frank's red hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Puts that shit on everything. <laughs> He's going to be the spokesperson. <laughs> next commercial. He got to clean those sperms out. <laughs> Frank's red hot. Does the job. <laughs> it's just gonna be him, like fucking some shakes and look over at the camera with the hot sauce and just like putting it all over his dick. <laughs> He's gonna say, I put that shit on everything. <laughs> Boom, I just made your next commercial for you. Nice. Frank's Red Hot. And that concludes this segment of Dirty D's Dirty News. Okay, 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 okay. Main topic time, bitches. Today we're getting into Ted Kaczynski, aka. The Unabomber. The Unabomber. Unabomber. All right. Ready? Where'd the name Unabomber come from? I'll tell you. I know. You mean say it? Can I say it? Yeah. University. University. I'll let you know when to say it. Okay. How about that? I think I just guessed it. No. Well, that's part of it, but that's not all of it. All right. Say, hey, you. Say it. Hey, you guy. Hey, you guy. (laughs) Where did the name Ted come from? His name's Theodore. Oh. Oh. Alvin Simon. Theodore. There you go. All right. Theodore John Kaczynski was born May 22nd, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois to Polish Americans, Theodore and Wanda Kaczynski. So at nine months, he developed a severe case of hives, which caused him to be hospitalized. Um, This event changed the once happy baby into an emotionally recoiled child. The isolation in the hospital and limited contact with others proved traumatic for the young child. How long was he in the hospital? A uh, while. Years? From hive. I don't, from hives. I don't How the know. fuck like did hives days? put you in the hospital? He was like, a baby. Maybe he was allergic. You said nine, huh? Yeah, yeah no, he like, was nine I mean, months. You, oh, nine you months. say specifically hives, I assume like an allergic reaction, but I mean, you would figure out that would last like a day or two and they give you medication and then they figure right. out what's... Not in the well, 40s. then what if they gave him some and then he was allergic to that? 
Yeah, then I guess they got to so. go through the trials. To oh, see there what was he's a story. Um, Laura told me like this somebody didn't know they had an allergy. They went in the hospital and like they kept having an allergic reaction, and then like it would just keep happening, and they didn't know what was happening. But a guy and his girlfriend was like there taking care of him, and she like give him a kiss, and she had like peanuts or some. Remember, I don't think it was <laughs> peanuts, but whatever he was allergic to, like in her lip gloss or maybe it was the food she ate. And like they would, he'd have an allergic reaction. They give him medication. Like an hour later, he'd be feeling better. And she'd go like, go give him a kiss. And it would happen <laughs> again. It happened like several times in a row before they finally figured out it was her causing it or whatever. Sounds like an episode of House. <laughs> actually does. I never watched that show. The crippled dude, I the fucking yeah, Mongo Walker. Yeah, yeah. And he's angry and on pills. Mongo all the Dunker. Time. I hate that guy. <laughs> he's a drug addict, too. Yeah. And he's a dick. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he finds. All the stuff that's wrong with people that nobody else can see. Because he's a dick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In British. Except I don't think he's British on that's the show. That's three strikes. You can't you can be all three of those things. He's not British on the show. Just he's, in real life. He's British in real life. Oh, okay. All right. So his mother noticed the change in behavior and thought she'd put him in a study for autistic children, but ultimately decided against it after meeting the head of the study, Bruno Bettelheim, and found him to be a cold man. I think this guy was uh, pretty famous for doing... Studies on autistic children. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no. Everyone knows. So those closest to Ted found him to be a loner. At 10, the family moved to the suburb of Evergreen Park. Uh, Ted attended the Evergreen Park Central Junior High School, where he tested an IQ at 167. What's that Damn. Two points higher than you? No, I'm 153. I mean, I'm all for taking a legitimate, find me a legitimate IQ test and I'll take it. I guarantee I score. I'm sure there's a way to go take an actual IQ test. That's how you get, that's how it works. You do them online now, which I did, and then I scored a 153. You can do anything online and give you any bullshit answer you want. You can get a fucking master's degree online from all online courses. Yeah, exactly. My point proven. So while in, (laughs) while in the fifth grade, he was allowed to skip to the sixth grade. Ted recalled this as a pivotal event in his life as he was just growing into almost the ringleader of his peers. Uh, skipping ahead, though, he didn't feel as he fit in and he was often bullied by the older kids. So this was traumatic for Teddy because... Poor little Teddy. He's a little bullied little, little bitch. bitch. As Ted made his way into high school, he excelled academically and joined many school groups. He was uh, in mathematics, mathematics clubs, biology, coin clubs, German club... Uh, so Nazi club, German club. Yeah, that's where it went wrong. Yeah, and coin club. What the fuck? You coins yeah, don't seem very interesting. It's better than stamps. At least you can spin the coins. <laughs> I mean, you can spin the coins. <laughs> Can't mail a letter with it though, unless you. It's enough Who to buy. Who fucking a stamp. mails letters anymore? Well, in the forties or fifties. Oh, I don't remember when this is. He said he's he was in born high school. in the forties. Yeah, he was born in forty-two. He's in high school now. So the 60s, maybe? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, no, he wouldn't have been in high school in the 60s if he was born in 42. Was it 42? Or well, I he skipped ahead, remember? He skipped... Uh, yeah, so it would have been the 50s. It's the 6th. Um, his classmates didn't really treat Ted as a person, only he's only being characterized by his high intelligence. So yeah, just a nerd. He became the somewhat leader... Fucking loser. <laughs> ...of a group of boys with like-minded interest in math and science known as the Briefcase Boys. <laughs> oh, my God. Due to their tendency to carry briefcases. Due to their tendency to get swirlies. <laughs> <laughs> What's the inside of a locker look like? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Do you have one pair of underwear that hadn't been up your butt? <laughs> You gotta bring extra pairs because he's probably getting yeah. ripped every Oh, day. yeah. It's just rip your asshole in half. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I wonder what his mom's underwear bill is for him. Oh, I'm sure it's a lot. <laughs> gotta get a you second. call yourself a briefcase boy? <laughs> yeah. Fucking bully. You gotta get a sure. second job just to buy <laughs> underwear. All right. He skipped 11th grade and upon attending summer school, graduated high school at 15. He applied and was accepted into Harvard on a scholarship in 1958 at 16. You got a fart? <sighs> It's making it worse. Like worse, worse, right? Yeah, I thought so. It looked uncomfortable. He's <laughs> sitting off on an angle. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is you, good. I'll get you a cushion. No, this is good. In his first year at Harvard, Ted was housed at 8 Prescott Street, which was a placement for the youngest and less mature students, hoping to give them more attention than the more impersonal Harvard housing. This seemed to have the opposite effect as the boys became more isolated. 
In his second year at Harvard, here's where this last week's episode comes into play. So his second year at Harvard, he entered into a psychological experiment led by Harvard psychologist and professor Henry Murray. So Ted would call this the worst experience of his life. Murray had been a colonel in the U.S. Army. Not high school as a briefcase boy? No. Oh, God. MK Ultra must have been bad. Yeah. (laughs) Murray was a colonel in the U.S. Army. He was an agent in the Office of Strategic Services. Anybody know what that is? I've never heard of that before. OSS. Sounds familiar. OSS. Oh, I think maybe I have heard of OSS. I just didn't know what it stood for. That was like the early CIA. So they had OSS and then it became the CIA. CIA? Okay. All right. So uh, Murray was obsessed with mind control and the use of LSD to aid in the control. It's not documented, though, that uh, LSD was actually used in that experiment that Kaczynski was a part of. So the study measured how students reacted under stress. Um, The students would write essays and debate their beliefs with other students. The essays would then be read by anonymous attorneys who would then conduct abusive interrogations while being verbally abusive and humiliating. The students' reactions would be monitored by electrodes, and also they were filmed. I feel like he already had a lot of practice with that, being a briefcase boy. Being humiliated? (laughs) Yeah. This is bad shit. Did you ever watch that document, the Netflix, the Mindhunter? No. I didn't watch Mindhunter. I watched In My Words, or In His Words. Okay, you should have watched the other one, because they actually showed, like, young Kaczynski being just, like, berated. It's bad, dude. This shit. The way they no, did, I, did I saw some of that in the one that I watched a little bit. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing of that one. Yeah, that, I saw some of that. It's bad. It was like a three or four episode deal, an hour and a half each, I think. It was really good. Really good documentary. I need to finish that one. I should have probably finished it before. We <laughs> probably <this>. so. <laughs> uh, the films would then be played back for them while they were again just being belittled for their essays and their beliefs um the experiment lasted three years with verbally abusive interrogations taking place every week so he had to go there and he was like i'm gonna go do this for three years three years every fucking week it's like a reverse therapy session like instead of going to therapy to feel better about yourself you go there to fucking get berated (laughs) or whatever i feel like i heard that he might have gotten like extra credit out of this but I mean, so you better be getting something out of it. <laughs> no. no, oh, I know. Do you do you mind if I say why he Go did ahead. this? This was supposed so, to be a collaboration, collab, collaboration, collab. You know what I'm collaborative, collaborative episode between between Aaron and I. But I just didn't want to do any more research. Although I feel like I, that documentary was really in depth, and I remembered a lot of it. So he chose to do this and because he told his brother or whatever about it he thought that he was strong-minded and that they couldn't break him or like change his confidence or anything like that yeah exactly he willingly did this as a challenge like a mental challenge basically and he wasn't up for that challenge apparently not you know that should fuck you up you gotta be like a really the, the guy running it's like this super highly respected person he's extremely intelligent and he basically just shits all over you and tells you that you're a piece of shit. You're dumb. He wanted to be a writer or something. Your stories are shit. <laughs> like Aaron was saying, they give him the essays and they just basically say, this is dog shit. From the the one on Netflix that I watched, it's like a dramatization, but he was like... Didn't, is it Ewan McGregor plays him or something? No. No? Okay. I know I've never seen it. I just, I thought that was the one. It's the guy. It's uh, Vision. Paul Bettany. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. He's good. I like You're him. You're thinking of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, they got a new movie coming out. He's this, the Unabomber, right? <laughs> they, got, they got a new movie coming out today with uh, the fucking guy from District 13. Oh, the South African yeah. guy? I wanted to watch it. I was hoping it would come out before. I a Unabomber this, one? Yeah, it's oh, coming out shit. today. Nice. The District 9? What I said, 13? Yeah. yeah, District 9. District 9. I knew what he was talking about. Yeah. I didn't want to correct well, him. I wanted to make sure that that's what he was talking about. <laughs> Eight, 18. Let's, I'll go with that one. Yeah, 18. That movie was better. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I liked District 9. I, I did too. It. That was originally supposed to be the Halo movie. Was it? Yeah, oh, I dude, think so. Halo was coming out. It's going to be shit. That's going to be awesome. Shit. I want this drink and another one. Drake. Hot sauce and condoms since <laughs> 2020. Give me an all day. There's some on the second show. There you go. There you go. That's it. That's it. That one too. Man, I thought the mini fridge was going to be a good addition. It is. Can't even reach it. Well, I just really need a preposition. I need to put it on a fucking uh, wheels. That'd be nice. So we can just wheel it yeah. out. Alrighty. Or if we just turned it. Yeah, facing face this direction. direction. 
Okay, so he eventually graduated from Harvard in 1962. So next, he went to Michigan. He enrolled at the University of Michigan. Uh, it's not his first choice, but he chose it due to being offered a teaching position and a financial aid package. So Ted specialized in complex analysis, specifically geometric function theory, which I don't, I'm sure that's got letters and... That's just nerd shit. Squares. <laughs> Briefcases. I don't really fucking know. <laughs> I never got past, like, advanced math or anything. That class is they just sit around and try to figure out how to get back at their high school bully. (laughs) Ooh, dude, I bet nerds are pretty pretty good at that. Home alone your ass. Yeah, they probably, you know. All the nerds eventually grow up to get good jobs, and the bullies are all... Working at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, chicken nuggets are awesome. (laughs) And if you get them for free, that's even better. So that's true. Who's really winning here? Right. <laughs> not the, the nerds. <laughs> Trust me. They're not they're just got high paying jobs and banging Instagram models. But no chicken nuggets for McDonald's. Exactly. They're not crying and masturbating with their own tears every night. <laughs> what? How is that a good thing? You ever masturbate with your own tears? Try it. Not. Tell me. I do not want to have sex if I'm sad. Tell so. me it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. <laughs> All right, so he was spoken of very highly by his professors and applauded for his drive to find mathematical truth. Sounds bad. But Ted felt the university and professors had low standards and his experience there was filled with unpleasant memories. At this time, Kaczynski began feelings of sexual repression. He began having sexual fantasies of being a female. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Ultra gay! And decided to undergo a sex change. Oh, shit. Penis. (laughs) He made an appointment to speak with a psychiatrist, but changed his mind in the waiting room and didn't tell the psychiatrist the real reason for his appointment. So due to his disgust with himself and feelings of humiliation, he thought about killing the psychiatrist. (laughs) As one would. (laughs) And others he felt (laughs) hatred towards. This was another turning point of his life. He just felt like killing pretty hard. Killing everybody because he's not a woman. Yeah. Oh, there was a quote. I didn't write it down, but it he sounds was, like he's got being a woman down pat already. Yeah. <laughs> hate everybody. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> there was a quote where I think he said something like the only way he would ever touch a woman was if he was a woman himself. I think this guy's a virgin. I don't think he no ever shit. Sex. Yeah. Wow. No wonder he's fucking killing everybody. Well, I'm sure he's not a virgin anymore in jail. Oh, no. But is that? <laughs> he's a fucking he's briefcase a boy. <laughs> yeah, he's a briefcase boy in jail. What do you think's going to happen to him? <laughs> They're going to open up his briefcase and <laughs> stuff it full of documents. <laughs> Poor guy. Penis! <laughs> he probably likes it. I don't know. I mean, just because... Well, I mean, ladies don't all like anal, so just because he wants to be a woman... Well, that's only holy God. I'm the, I can't argue with all this. All ladies do like anal. <laughs> Not true. That's true. That is true. I don't think it is. They just don't... They don't necessarily try like it. it with you. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I was nice about it. Wrong hole. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. And kept going. <laughs> And then try it again next time. Mm-hmm. All right. So in late 60s, 1967, he became the youngest assistant professor of mathematics at UC Berkeley at 25. He only stayed on for two years before suddenly resigning. His, uh, his teaching evaluations showed he was not well liked by his students. He said he seemed un- uncomfortable teaching. I'm sorry. They said he seemed uncomfortable teaching, taught straight from the textbook, and refused to answer questions. His time at Berkeley was basically only to earn money him to achieve his ultimate goal to live in a remote place and live self-sufficiently as a woman i mean hold on let me jump in right here because so in the documentary he said like because he was just interviewing him in his own words is like interviews and i asked him about why did you go through all the trouble of like becoming a teacher and all that if you just wanted to earn money and he didn't really have an answer for he's like oh just Mathematics was easy, so I just decided to teach for a couple of years to earn money to buy land and live in the wilderness. I mean, that might be like, the best 
best way to earn money the fastest for him? Like, well, to mean, go I, through like seven years of school and all that? Like he wanted that was the goal from the start. And still, yeah. like, I think his brother had to help him buy the land and build the house. Also, yeah, I don't even get like why would you go through all that trouble? I guess just maybe because of his academic prowess, he wanted to prove that he was smart or something. Even after he quit, he still had to go live with his parents for two years before he could actually do any of this. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Then he like worked odd jobs or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't even make any sense to me. I don't know. Maybe he just, just like rob a bank and be done with it all at once. <laughs> this guy doesn't make sense to me at all. I think he's just a little bitch whining and complaining about everything he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Um, a fucking douche. His views on society and the rise of technology were factors of disgust for Kaczynski. He moved to Montana and built a small cabin without electricity or running water and also taught himself survival skills. I don't know if he... I heard he made a bicycle or either he found a bicycle. Mostly I heard he found a bicycle. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that you can make a bicycle. <laughs> right. <laughs> he made bombs. And so uh, he made bombs, probably make a ca- uh, bicycle. Bombs are easier to make than a bicycle, I would imagine. I feel are you shitting me, true. really? Some fertilizer, some eggs. No, no, no. Eggs? You can't say that on air because then people are going to be making bombs. Oh, uh, fertilizer and eggs. Don't worry. Well, I think fertilizer and eggs, I don't think, make a bomb. <laughs> so you're good. Stink bombs. <laughs> And then you put it in a brown paper bag and you light it on fire. Nice. <laughs> now make a bicycle. <laughs> That's a good point. That is actually good. No, I, I absolutely could. I'm a fucking machinist. I could make well, a bicycle. you could, but he's not a machinist. I still don't think you can make a bicycle. I'm on David's side. I now. will make a if bicycle. If anybody ever came up to me and said, hey, I built a bicycle. You want to come see it? I was like, no, because you're trying to murder me because I know you didn't build a bicycle. <laughs> Nobody's ever just built a bicycle. All right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> you better have a bicycle here next week. So he found a bicycle and would travel to the local town to work odd jobs, like Jared said. His lifestyle was not unusual in the area, so the townsfolk were not threatened by his hermit lifestyle. All right. So this is... Montana Wait, times. oh, they that was a normal thing for people yeah, to, because it was of the not normal, but they were there's a lot of people that did it, so yeah, okay. like, oh, there's fucking Kaczynski. a weirdo living in a shack, weirdo, because yeah, all right. So in 1975, he began to see the impact of development on the Montana wilderness and vowed to get back at the system through acts of revenge and carrying out his early fantasies of killing. I think one time. He had this spot that he really liked to go to. I think it was like a two day walk away from his cabin. And he loved to go to this spot. And then a one two day, day, two day, god damn, two day walk or one day by bicycle, <laughs> <laughs> half a day by <laughs> built a bicycle. <laughs> so one day he finally he went to this spot that he loved so much and found they put a road through. Oh shit! Yeah, oh like a remote that area that he liked. Yeah, and so he got all pissed off and seems like he'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I can ride my bike right, here right? now. I can get here three times as fast." <laughs> right. But no, he hated it. So he began to commit acts of sabotage on the developers near his cabin, and that would just snowball into acts of vengeance on those he deemed like societal troublemakers, people that are ruining society. So between 1978 and 1995, Kaczynski would be responsible for mailing or hand-delivering a series of bombs, killing three people and injuring 23 more. So we're gonna get into the bombings now. That's a long time, long time period for not killing a whole lot of people. Do you know all the, about the bombings? Do you know like the timeline specifics and specifics or no? Yeah, okay. So you're in for a roller coaster. It's it's a long ass time. Like it's crazy. Twenty how, years. Yeah, and it wasn't a whole years. lot of people. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, because he. I mean, he taught himself how to make bombs, and he experimented, and it just keeps getting better and better and better. Yeah. He killed like the last three people, maybe. No, the last he killed three. The two. Of the deaths were like the last that he got to. Uh, it's a good thing they caught him because he was ramping up, well, like getting was, good at he it. He was getting real. Yeah. Good. So his first bomb was mailed directly to Buckley Christ, who was a professor of materials in- professor of materials engineering at Northwestern University. So on May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy eight, a package with Christ's Christ's return address was found in a parking lot at the University of Illinois at Chicago. So Christ was suspicious because he hadn't sent any packages, and so he contacted the campus police. Did you understand that? I didn't really get. So somebody found a package. So here's what it is. It's not like me mailing you a letter, and I put your address, and I put mine as the right. return address. He just 
put a fake address on there or just no address and just the return address. Was Chris? Was his address? Yeah. yeah. So the post office gets it. They try to deliver it to one two three Fuck You Avenue, and you're like, oh, yeah. this doesn't exist. Send it back to the and sender. Like, I know I didn't fucking send this package. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So he uh, he calls the campus police. So Officer Terry Marker opened the package, which exploded, but it only caused minor injuries. So no death, but still fucked him up pretty good. So Kaczynski stayed in Chicago for a little while to work in a foam rubber factory with his father and his brother. He was eventually fired after writing insulting limericks about a female supervisor who Ted had a relationship <laughs> with. This is the one thing I like about him. So he said... <laughs> She denied it that they had any kind of romantic relationship. She said he was a nice guy, but they I didn't. thought they like went on a date or something. I think I don't. He made it seem like they dated for a long time or something, and then she no. Broke I his think they, they like shit. went to like a coffee, and then she just like didn't like him, and that was it. That's what I got from it. Oh, well, he didn't like her, so she no, she didn't like him. Yeah, and he got his fucking feelings hurt. But he didn't like Old briefcase like boy. A fucking briefcase boy. Yeah. But he didn't like women, so I would... He had a big date? crush on this lady. Like, oh, he really liked her. She was her. a butch. <laughs> well, he would be the butch one, right? Because he's a man. Right, but if he doesn't like women, he would want a butch woman, right? He does like women. He just wants to be a woman. So he's a lesbian. You said he wouldn't touch a woman unless it was himself. No, he was saying he would ne- like never have the chance to touch oh, a woman. Oh, I thought you meant he didn't no, like no, women. No, 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 no. He would never have the chance to oh, touch okay. a woman unless he was the woman. Okay. Yeah. Not that, not by choice. Yeah, yeah. So a year after that first bomb, another was sent to Northwestern University. It was concealed inside a cigar box and left on a table. It was opened by grad student John Harris, who sustained minor injuries. Wait, Northwestern's in Chicago? Yes. And he is living in Chicago at the time? Yes. Okay. So in 1979, a bomb was placed in the cargo hold of American Airlines Flight 444, Flying from Chicago to D.C. Due to a faulty timing mechanism on the bomb, it didn't fully explode, but it did release smoke, causing the crew to perform an emergency landing. Experts said had the bomb exploded, it would have caused enough damage to obliterate the plane. So he did a good job on the bomb, not a good job on the timing. So if it actually, if that timing mechanism worked, that shit would have fucked up that plane. He probably killed everybody on there. So it's even a shitload of people. It's at this time... That the FBI opened the Unabomber case. J-Rod, what's so Unabomber the, stand for? University and Airline Bomber. Correct. Oh. Or Airplane Bomber. I think it's Airline. Airliner, yeah. Airline something like, Bomber. Yeah. Unabomber. Super on the nose. So simple. they correlated all those together? Yeah. Already? Oh, okay, because... So Kaczynski began leaving clues in the bombs in hard-to-find places, thinking they seemed more legit if they were hard-to-find. So he put, like, metal plate stamp with the initials FC hidden in the bombs. Fat cocks. <laughs> what were you going to say? I know you're going to... I feel like I took it I off the tip of your tongue. I thought he was at tongue. least going to ask. It stands for Freedom Club. Oh. So that was kind of a way for him to take the the heat off of just being one person. And people were thinking it's a, a, a club. club of people. Right. It worked, though. They got obsessed with finding FC, what it meant or yeah. whatever. Well, they didn't know it meant Freedom Club. No. Wait. I think they FC. ended up later finding, because he, he would write to the police, send them notes and stuff. All right, so this bomb. Uh, this bomb didn't... He had another bomb. It didn't detonate, but it had a note reading, Woo, it works. It's spelled W-U. I told you it would. Signed, R-V. But it didn't work? It did not. I think the whole point of that was so they would find the letter. Oh. And they'd be like, who's Woo? Who's <laughs> R-V? So yeah, they, so they were sort of like obsessing over chase. all this stuff, right? All right. He also used Eugene O'Neill stamps to mail his bombs, so that was a way of them to be like, "Well, who's? Let's track these Eugene O'Neill stamps. Who's buying them? Let's go on that lead." Um, another bomb was embedded in a Sloan Wilson novel called Ice Brothers. So this novel is about nature and all this bullshit. So FBI theorized that his crimes involved a theme of nature, trees, and wood. The bombs would often include bits of bark or wood as shrapnel. So in 1981, a bomb package was discovered in a hallway at the University of Utah and eventually defused by a bomb squad. In 1982, in May 1982, a bomb was sent to Patrick C. Fisher, a professor at Vanderbilt. His secretary, Janet Smith, opened the package because Fisher was on vacation in Puerto Rico. 
She suffered injuries to her face and arms. She had a severe, ver- severe, severe burns to her hands and shrapnel wounds to her body. Don't open anybody else's mail. And that I won't don't. Ha- that won't happen to you. Well, I've always been cautious right. of opening packages that I didn't when I wasn't well, expecting a package. Because we grew up during like fucking anthrax and shit. That's true. Now we get like five packages a day at our house. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, but I know, like, I don't open a package unless I know I'm expecting something. I don't just open everything just because it shows up. I'm excited if I get something, so I'll open it up immediately. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get fucking blown up. Probably. (laughs) So next, he sent two bombs to UC Berkeley, his old university. Alma mater. Alma mater. The first was in 1982. He sent that to engineering professor. This is a hard one to say. Diogenes. Diogenes. And Jalakos, who had severe burns and shrapnel wounds to his hand and face. The next one was in May 1985 to John Hauser, a grad student and captain in the U.S. Air Force. He lost four fingers. He had a severed artery in his right arm and loss of vision in his left eye. So these are getting good. It went from just burns and shrapnel wounds was to that, losing Was there a big shit. gap between those last two? Three years. Three years. Okay, yeah. So, well, so what's he listen. doing in the meantime? Like three years goes by. Well, here's he the doing? thing. There's this huge manhunt going on all this time. The FBI and all these people are after him. And he's like Aaron was saying, he's dropping these clues, writing these fake letters with all these initials and shit. And the FBI is like after him. I, is that's not the one where they somebody saw him? No, I'll get to that. Okay, one. well he's he'll just take a, chilling in Montana. In yeah, the woods. he's taking a break, like just intentionally hiding out. Yeah, he's, he's he's in Montana. He goes to the the library every day. He reads the newspaper, sees all these people manhunt going on, and he's kind of uh, admiring his work and stuff. But he don't say anything. He kind of keeps quiet. That's why it's hard to find him because he's not spouting his mouth off. He doesn't talk to anybody. He just right. kind of. And then everything's so sporadic. Like mm-hmm. I don't. You've never been paying attention to the timeline. You he'll, gotta pay attention. He'll do to a the bomb, years. and then a year later he'll do another bomb. It's yeah. like I'm like right when everybody lets their guard down, he'll fucking get them again or whatever. All right. So a month later, after that one, he sent a bomb to the Boeing company in Auburn, Washington. That was diffused by a bomb squad. Boeing is an air, airline company, if you don't know. I didn't realize it had so many of them been diffused. I don't remember if I'd paid yeah, attention to that uh, before. I think I've said like three. Three of them, yeah. So in November 85, Professor James B. McConnell and research assistant Nicholas Sueno were both severely injured after a package addressed to McConnell was opened by Sueno. Oh, man, I thought I wrote down how they were injured because I think those were bad ones. I didn't. So his next two bombs, this is what you you were talking about, Jared. Okay. The next two bombs were at computer stores. One in 85 was a bomb loaded with nails and splinters and placed in a parking lot. Parking lot of a store in Sacramento. It killed 38-year-old store owner Hugh Scranton at a computer store in Salt Lake City in 87. The bomb was disguised as a piece of lumber, and when store owner Gary Wright attempted to move it from the parking lot, it detonated, severing nerves in his left arm and sent over 200 pieces of shrapnel into his body. Holy crap. But he lived. He lived. No, these two died. Oh. Both of these died. Those are the the last two. How do you hide a bomb under a piece of lumber? In disguised as a piece of lumber. Like like a block of wood or whatever. Dude, he's fucking... The way he makes these bombs is so inventive, and and it's super disguised. He's like he's not just mailing out like cardboard boxes. Like right. they're it's crazy. He never, was at the beginning, and then he just yeah he got better at it. Smart. Yeah. So this was the one where a witness spotted Kaczynski planning the bomb, and this is where he got we got that famous sketch of the Unabomber and his hoodie and the mustache and the aerial sunglasses. Yeah. In uh, 1993, after a six year six year hiatus. The authorities thought he was either already caught, he might have died, or he just stopped. But Kaczynski mailed a bomb to Charles Epstein, a geneticist from University of California in San Francisco. He had a, he had severe damage to his eardrums. He lost three fingers. That same weekend, he mailed a bomb to David Gellertner, a computer science professor at Yale. He lost sight in one eye and hearing in one ear and a portion of his right hand. I read it. Sometimes it's a portion of his hand or just the whole fucking hand. I don't know. Let's just say whole fucking hand because that sounds horrible. <laughs> Would you rather have half a hand or no hand? I guess a half a hand. Half a hand. Which half, though? Well, I mean, definitely the half with the thumb if you could have the choice. I'll take 
like blow off the first three fingers and keep pinky and thumb. Blow off that portion. So then you just got like a claw pinctures? Yeah. Then you could still bang finger bang girls. <laughs> <laughs> one in the pink, one in the <laughs> I'm sure they'll uh, enjoy your thumb. And yeah, your I don't, yeah, I'm sure if you get your hand blown off by a bomb, you ain't getting nowhere near a girl. Your with hand's anything. weird. Don't look at it. <laughs> Fucking don't, mon- don't, Mongo hands. Don't look at it. <laughs> All right, so now we have two more murders. In 1994, an advertising executive at Burson Marsteller named Thomas Moser was killed after opening a bomb sent to his home in New Jersey. He helped repair the public image of ExxonMobil after the Exxon Valdez oil spill. The other death in 95 was Gilbert Brent Murray, a president of the timber industry lobbying group called California Forestry Association. So all these people had to, he didn't really pick, he didn't, most of them he didn't pick them. He picked like Like that company. Yeah, the company, usually it was people fucking up. Either technology, like the computer science place or computer stores, computer science professors, forestry forestry lobbyists, uh, like Exxon Valdez oil spill, they're fucking up nature and stuff. Environmental. See, I didn't even put make that connection on the professors. I thought it was him trying to get back at the system because he thought he was smarter than everybody. See, and that plays into the MK Ultra thing too. He thought he was smarter than everybody. And that guy, like, broke him down and beat him or whatever. So I think he was trying to, like, prove that he's better and smarter than everybody. And he could do this and do all this and get away with right. it. Right. That's what I thought the professor thing was about. He's smarter than all the science bitches. Yeah. <laughs> smarter than the average bear. I think he... I read he was, like, just going to the library and just finding address and just send it to that. Doesn't matter who it was. He just sent it... I mean, they are... To the university or... That department or whatever. They didn't know who it was. Oh, we wasn't putting people's specific names on it or whatever? I don't think so. I'm not 100% on that, but I think it was just like send it to the geneticist department or genetics department or... Yeah, just computer science seems like there's not a real established pattern of who he was sending shit to. Because how would you know who these people are? Like, could you just be like, I'm... The I'm geneticist a, at Yale? Like, I don't fucking know. Exactly. He read a story about a, him in the newspaper that he reads a, every day. Maybe. That's true. He might keep up with that shit. Like, maybe. fuck Plus this he's guy. an academic and he cared about the system, so they're probably publishing papers and right. stuff like that. I mean, if you pay attention to that kind of stuff. Bitch bit me. <laughs> so I woke her up. I got I got my puppy on my, my lap. I woke her up and she tried to <laughs> bite me. Aaron's other uh, puppy... Punch David in the a dirty right. D. Punch Dirty D in I the walk, mouth. Yeah, walked to the door Dude. and it nose punched me in my nose. <laughs> I, got my nose. I thought he broke my nose one time. He got, it he felt got like I got good. punched. I was in the pissed nose. earlier. I was about to punch him because he got dirt all over my jeans. I was he, pissed. He doesn't know what he's doing. He These are not my outside working jeans. These wanted, are my nice jeans. He wanted to hug you. He got mud all over me. Stupid <laughs> bitch. I don't know what he's doing. So, all right, here we go. Next. Get out of here, bitch. <laughs> so in 1995, Kaczynski contacted the media with intentions of blackmail towards the New York Times and Washington Post. Now remember, this is like the biggest news story of all time—not of all time, but it was—it was huge news story. So he he contacted the New York Times and Washington Post, saying if they published his 35,000 word essay word for word, he would stop the terrorism. It was titled "Industrial Society." And it's future by by Kaczynski. That's what he called it. But it was dubbed by the media as the Unabomber Manifesto. So the manifesto was about how the downfall of the human race can be attributed to the Industrial Revolution and modern technological society. I'm not even drunk. I read those big Dude, fucking words real well. I'm you about, did. I'm about to get drunk now. <laughs> he was, he he was, was holding off for that part. What's, what's the big words out the way? <laughs> now I can do this. Aaron, everybody knows you can read. I can read. <laughs> it was a one-time thing. I can read. If y'all haven't listened to Creepy Pasta, you got to. That's our funniest episode by far. Don't do it. I can read. Aaron is so drunk he can't read. You got to go back and listen to that. Watch. Here's some, a couple more big words for y'all. So he, he claimed widespread psychological suffering was taking place because of techni- technologies. <laughs> it's, happening. It. it's happening. It's <laughs> happening. 
technology's destabilizing <laughs> effects and argued people spend too much time in useless pursuits such as consumption of entertainment. He believed in order to return to a wild nature and freedom, we must destroy progress. His work was praised by some and said such things as if it's the work of a madman, then the works of other political philosophers are scarcely sane. So they did publish it. They did publish it. I think there was a... Penthouse was going to do it or something like if that. If they refused. Yeah. And well, he was. He said he came back and he was like, I want some more reputable <laughs> uh, publications. Well, they, they want the one that wound up publishing it. There was like a decision, the conversation where they were thinking about not publishing it, but they ultimately decided they couldn't live with themselves if they had somebody else died. They didn't believe that he was going to stop doing it. But just but, in case. But just in case they're like, well, we got, we, we have to. That's it. a hard choice, dude. It really is, but you gotta fucking print it. Give like him you, what he wants, or somebody's gonna die. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta give Maybe it. Maybe that's not a hard choice. I mean, I don't want nobody to die. Print his little bitch ass manifesto. Yeah, that's not. I don't think it was that damaging or whatever to print that. But then, no. well, they're worried about it inspiring other people or whatever too. So there, that's the there's old, the other side the of it, like. What if somebody, like, gets inspired by this and then there's a whole new terrorist or whatever, you know, based on this manifesto? Can you imagine being the person had to, like, read all that and... and 35,000 words of that's crazy. No, thank you. You should read it. Did You You should have read this. 35,000? No. You should have read the manifesto. Oh. Where's your fucking commitment? How are we going to beat Joe Rogan for number Actually, one? Actually, it would probably... Joe Rogan would not have read it. <laughs> I would probably agree with him. I just don't like the way he... Dude, just go live in the woods by yourself. That's fine. Go do your own thing. Don't fucking kill people because you hate the way other people live in the woods. Yeah. No. That's, that's that just, would bring up the, the argument same, of how cancel culture and all this bullshit exactly that we're going the same thing we're always talking about. Let, live and let Such live. Such a fucking hypocritical yeah, way it of... It doesn't affect you in your house in the woods at all. Well, well I did, guess the road affected it, him. Two days walk away from him. <laughs> Unless Find that road's going through your fucking cabin or something. Yeah, I know. It's not like they built it through his backyard. Right. <laughs> he had like an acre and a half. That's not that much. Like, no. keep your acre and a half. Let everybody else do what they want. If you could buy more acres, then fine. You can... Yeah, but you get a goddamn job, you fucking commie. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> buy a bike, dude. Huffies are nice. <laughs> I'll take another one. I never had a Huffy. You never had a Huffy? No. I think I had a Huffy. I think I have a Huffy currently. You it's or your son? Me. Oh. Like, I have one. I think it's a Huffy. Another one. This laptop cuts off, like, the first half of all the soundboard. I don't know why. And so he said, another one instead of another one. Another one. <laughs> you should let it say the N and then bleep it out. <laughs> one. So I thought this was a hazy... No, that's the that's a look how lager. light it is. It's pretty good. I like it, but yeah, it's so light. Can you put those over there with the rest of them? I got hairy legs. Turn blind in the sun. I hate that guy. Me Man, too. he has fucked us over royally, huh? Barely it's, over a year already. I know. How bad is it going to get? I saw gas is going to go. You see those like, stickers all over the gas? Yeah, bars? they've been there. <laughs> yeah, those are they've funny. been there. Gas is going to, oil is going to go to $150 a barrel, which uh, I think when it was $4 and some a gallon before, it was like $120 a barrel, I think. So uh, according to that, it's going to be $5, $56 a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. Guess I'm going to have to start living at work. Yeah. Just stay in there every night. Well, you know, like when that happens, every all, everything else goes up because sh- you can't, you ship a truck full of groceries. It groceries. costs fucking. Yeah, every, yeah everything you know? gets shipped. And he was trying to tax mileage, too, which I don't know, that didn't go through. But they were trying to tax you on the miles you drove. Oh, I'd be good, then. I only drove, like... I would not be good. Tax who? Us? You, Everybody. Yeah, like that would, How? How you'd that have work? to tell them your mileage, and you'd pay money on Fuck the taxes you. on your mileage. No. Doing that I bought shit? my truck. It's been almost three years. It had 61,000 miles on it, and now it's got 70, about 13,000 miles on my truck in three years. I've been driving about four thousand a month. Holy shit, dude! That's so much. Thirty five hundred to four thousand a month. Fuck load of miles. Are you driving the big vehicle? The the terrain. I'm gonna get you another car. Another Mazda. I know. Six. I had a three. Oh, you need another Mazda 
Three. Good, uh, that was a legendary. That was a good car. That Mazda 3 was fueled so many drunk nights, man. That thing was a legend. Are we still alive? Because of the Mazda be. 3? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mazda. Pour one out for the Mazda 3. <laughs> Had a very high safety rating. Yeah. <laughs> it was smaller, so you didn't bounce around as much inside. <laughs> David was the best drunk driver. You did a good job. Thanks. Yeah. Had a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting drunk. I don't even have to go anywhere. Uh, yeah, right. You can just pass out right where you yeah, sit. Exactly. I really could. This chair is like super comfortable. I might eat a pizza pizza and fall asleep. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do two episodes without you. We're going to have to edit out my snoring. <laughs> yeah. I, hear, I hear it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> All right, let's finish this Unabomber. I hope we don't have uh, conjoining rooms. And when we go to Myrtle's, that'd be awesome. And I don't want to hear you snoring. Y'all wanted to sleep in the same room. Hell I yeah. did not want to do that. I did. I wanted to stay up with like the cabin thing. Swap. It was just swap us. loads. <laughs> no, no. Why you gotta go gay with it? I want to tell square stories all night. There's nothing out. gay about a three dudes swapping loads together in the middle of the night. If it's just like we bust a load in our hands and then trade. That's fine. I'm not. I don't want to be like bust a little and put it all over Jared's face or anything. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad well, y'all are involved in that. No, he's gonna load your face oh. and then you give me yours. Okay. Act like you didn't do the secret handshake to get in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I created the secret handshake to get into this podcast. That's where he got his name, Dirty D. <laughs> Aaron and I jizzed in our hands. David shat in his. <laughs> <laughs> and then we smeared it on each other. <laughs> Good times. Why do people listen to us, man? Like, how did anybody in the world? How do we have girlfriends and wives? Is what I want to know. Well, th- this is after we had those first. <laughs> yeah, It'd be different if this y'all, was first. Yeah, y'all have kids too. What are you teaching? Yeah, them? I don't know. I'm not. Laura's, Laura's the primary caregiver. I hope you don't let them listen. I just to the go podcast. to work a lot, so I don't have to worry about that so much. You just pay for the clothes and food. <laughs> All right. So after the print of the manifesto. Kaczynski's brother, David. Hey, that's me. What? Your name's David? No. That's what I thought. That was the other guy over here. Your brother. (laughs) (laughs) David and his wife began noticing similarities between the Unabomber and the letters from Ted. His brother, Ted. Theodore. Just like that bitch to be like, I don't like your brother. He's a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, that's my brother. I love him. Leave him him alone. She's like, no, fuck him. I'm telling the authorities. I don't want him in my house anymore. (laughs) Tell him to get his briefcase out of here. (laughs) His briefcase stinks. He's got fucking coons and squirrels in there. Raccoons, sorry. Raccoons. My head went straight there. It's silly. Oh no! So that's what southern, oh, no. that's what southern people think. <laughs> so they poured through old letters for weeks before being completely convinced the Unabomber was Ted. I capitalized what, so I put emphasis. It was Plus. Ted. It was Plus. Ted. So what was the similarities? He would say like uh, phrases. He would reuse them. Like uh, what? Are the- What's up, player? <laughs> yeah, so, it'd be like, what's up, playa? But he then kept, he'd also do it. He sent yeah. them a letter or multiple letters to yeah. communicate because he was old school. That's how he, well, and he that's how his wife, so you and that, you're right. Wi-Fi or anything. right. <laughs> and signed Sent him a text. F, what was it? F club? No. <laughs> FC. <laughs> he would, Dirty Mike and the boys. He would just be like. It was a specific thing that he would say. He would say. Like, oh, fuck, I wish I remembered what it was. I'm trying to think of just like an example. Like. Oh, does a bear shit in the woods? And then I'd be like, oh, David fucking says that shit all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. like little catchphrases yeah, or whatever. Everybody's got things they say all the time. And then you'd be like, and he'd, but this was in writing. Like he'd say that in his writing or he'd go on rants because pretty much his manifesto is rants, but he would do that to his brother. Like he would okay. say like, I'm going to fuck up the and developers. The yeah, it's just things. It sounds the same exact thing. Well, that's really, I mean, obviously that's, ultimately what done him in he had written some of this stuff before so why did this bitch read her husband's letters from his brother she's snooping i'm sure he probably read him with her to her That's weird yeah through her i don't think give me some space bitch trying to talk to my brother secretive or anything (laughs) just like oh 
Teddy Boy sent us another letter. So, I don't even want to read that shit. I hate right. Teddy Boy. <laughs> His goddamn squirrel briefcase. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, they were reading those letters for weeks and a long time just before they were completely convinced the Unabomber was Ted and they contacted the authorities. David wanted to be anonymous and in, in telling the, no, the, the media got hold of that real quick. Yeah, well, when yeah, when giving them the information, he negotiated it being you know, that anonymous. was in like I think like a written contract. Right, I don't want to be, I don't want anybody to know this was me. I don't want my name anywhere near this. But yeah, I was like immediately like, oh, his brother <laughs> ratted him out. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> don't like, open any packages anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I would say shit. If it was my brother, I'd be like... It's probably more the wife. I would never probably. rat my brothers out. No, I'd just... I'd, I would never I'd go rat talk my to brother. my brother and be like... I would hey. never rat my brothers, you two, my wife, or my kids out, ever. Yeah. I would take it to the grave I go to jail for. Yeah. I would, I, well, I mean, if you're killing people, I'm like, dude, you can stop that shit. They're about to catch you. I wouldn't say shit. <laughs> I'd talk to you. <clears throat> be like, hey, quit I'd saying be good, those catchphrases. Quit. Quit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a good uh, gang member, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't rat on nobody. Never, never swim with the fishes. I wouldn't say shit. Unless they were like, you're going to jail. I'm like, wait up. <laughs> I got some shit to say. Jail or prison? <laughs> I got to know this. You need to tell me. Am I getting pounding me in the back? Yeah, prison. prison. Talking big boy, big boy time. The weekend in jail. No, we're talking big boy time. Oh. Where's the pen and paper? <laughs> like, I, Dirty D did it. I that saw him fucking. That motherfucker did it. I saw him do that. He made, he made so many bombs. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, after expert linguists confirmed the letters were by the same man, Ted was arrested on April 3rd, 1996. He was found in his cabin in Montana in an unkempt state. That's a hard word to say, unkempt. Unkempt. Pretty unkempt. easy. Very easy. Silent. Might be the easiest word I've ever said in my life. Yeah. Silent P. Kempt. There you go. A search of the... It's kempt. hard. It's a weird word. Unkempt. It's not a silent P. Maybe it's... Unkempt. Yeah, it's in there. Shut up. <laughs> it's not a word you use a lot. So, a search of the cabin found a lot of bomb-making materials, 40,000 handwritten journal pages, some detailing his bomb-making experiments and descriptions of his crimes. They also found a live bomb that he was, like, ready to be sent to somebody. They found a handwritten Unabomber manifesto, so that was pretty much... He did the shit. Yeah, and they and the typewriter, right? Yeah, the, the typewriter. The typewriter was a match to the style or whatever mm -hmm. from the manifesto. The one that he sent. Yeah. yeah. And all the letters that he was sending. So, he was the target of the most expensive manhunt in FBI history, totaling over $50 million. Holy it shit. took so long. And just because they had the... I don't say anything about like the task force. It had like FBI, ATF, postal people. They were going through the mail trying to search. It's just paying a lot of people to do work. I'd hate to be the postal guy that had to check all the packages. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Call me if you get blown up. <laughs> yeah. I'd be sweating so much all that day. It's not worth it. All right, so he's arrested. Court time. So his defense attempted to use insanity as a plea, but Kaczynski refused. If people think he's insane, then they wouldn't take his manifesto seriously. And just his whole mantra, anything he said, they wouldn't take it seriously. He tried to fire his attorneys, but was denied by the judge. So he attempted suicide by hanging on January the 9th, 1998. He wasn't successful. Couldn't Epstein himself. Couldn't Epstein himself. He pled. He's, he's a fucking briefcase boy, after all. <laughs> he sucks at anything physical, <laughs> right? You can't tie a knot. <laughs> he wasn't in the Boy Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts. I bet you can tie a fucking knot, can't you? Oh, oh, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah. I can. What kind of knot you want? A Jim Bridger. I'll make you two. <laughs> I've never heard. I don't know what a Jim Bridger knot is. I it's do. Because you weren't in the Boy Scouts. Yeah, me neither, but I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm a knot expert. I feel like your dad probably knows a lot of knots. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just I, asking. I don't know why either, but I agree with you 100%. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, there has been a few times when he's tied something down. He's like, look, you do this, this, and this, and this is this knot. And I'm like, there okay. There you go. There you go. I will forget that right now. <laughs> I just imagine your dad, like, tying the knot, licking his fingers and slapping you in the forehead. <laughs> 
I don't know why. That's just the kind of guy I think your dad is. Dirty D's dad, a.k.a. Filthy D. Tell him everything he knows. <laughs> so he pled guilty on all charges on January the 22nd, 1998, in exchange for avoiding the death penalty. I feel like... But he tried to kill himself. Exactly. So I, I know that. I know that doesn't make any sense. I feel sense. like if somebody, if I'm prosecuting somebody and I'm like, I will give you anything, but I don't want that, I'm gonna be like, that's what you get. That's what you're getting. Like that's the punishment, right? Because you want you want it to be the worst thing possible. Also, how are people gonna take him seriously if he kills himself? I don't make it like right. You, you obviously look crazy if you kill yourself. Like you know, that doesn't make any sense. None of this makes any sense. Just stay in the fucking woods and leave everybody alone. <laughs> It's not a big... He could have just lived his life in his fucking shitty-ass cabin. Nobody would have ever known about him. Nope. And he could have been then he wouldn't have got his manifesto out either, though. Well, that, that that's the whole thing. Like, he, he wanted his manifesto known. It's obviously very famous. He accomplished his goal. Yeah. yeah but now Our he's prestigious fucking, podcast is talking about him. He's getting cut meat sandwiches every day. He loves it, though. I don't yeah. want to eat that he's shit. He's a woman in there. Yeah. He's the lady. But is he... A, see, that's what I don't get. Does he want to be the lady... To a man, or does he want to be a lady in a relationship with a lady? No matter anymore. I guess he doesn't have a choice. Uh-uh. He's the lady in a relationship <laughs> yeah. with a man now. <laughs> like, Lots of men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the slut. <laughs> well, actually, he's not. So he's serving eight consecutive life sentences in a max security prison. So that's in a max security prison in Florence, Colorado, where he spends twenty three hours a day in a cell. So he don't see anybody. So he gets banged for one hour a day. He's in the yard. He's probably in the yard by himself for one hour. These, I think, so, uh, like, when he first got arrested, I think he got, he made friends with uh, Timothy McVeigh, the, what is it? The Oklahoma Oklahoma City Bomber. Oklahoma City Bomber, and then that other fucking Middle Eastern kid, the one that did... uh, Boston, the Boston. Oh yeah, marathon. marathon. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they are. They're all there in the same prison, huh? So yeah, twenty three hours a day. But if you don't see anybody, how do you make friends with them? Well, they're all in a cell block together. Bomb boys. (laughs) (laughs) Went from the briefcase boys to the bomb boys. The boom boom boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fucking dude. This guy. This will be the boom boom room. Just, just named oh it. man, dirty just named D. It live. Fucking naming guy. Boom, 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 Don't get no better than that. Uh, that's taken, but I'll accept it. Did y'all ever watch Life? Y'all ever watch Life with Martin Lawrence? I've and seen Murphy? it. I have boom, seen it. Raise yeah. Boom Boom Room. I don't remember that. Oh. It's been a while since I watched it. I need a beer. I need a beer. Two for? Uh, hold on. Wait. Wait. That was weird. <laughs> that was very weird. I'm uncomfortable for the first time in my life. I'm uncomfortable. I'll turn on. <laughs> do not. This is the boom boom room. Say boom boom room. I knew you were gonna do it. Do not say boom boom room and then do that right after. <laughs> I don't even know what I did. It it's just everybody's favorite time of the night. Oh baby, a triple. That's what you did. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, I don't know if I can reach. Do you want to play the the song? He's not really dead, but yeah, I was thinking about it. It's up to you. But he's getting ass pounded. That's true. On the day only. I don't think he is. He's. I think the max security prison. It's like all these bad guys are all in one block, and they're all just like in their cells twenty twenty three hours a day. They probably talk to each other, and then they get one hour like. uh sectioned up like yeah so i just i'm glad yeah uh, i just watched shot caller again some of my favorite movies you ever seen that i've not seen it but good that guy's from uh game of thrones yeah yeah game of thrones jamie jamie we were talking about that early he's never seen game of thrones he's got like a weird name or something dude nicolage nicolage yeah costa waldo shot caller is an amazing movie yeah are we racing well, I'm already done, boys. I, I can't. Mine's foaming Mine's everywhere. Foamy. Mine's super foamy. You gotta learn how to pour it. Don't burp into the microphone. I'm gonna have to edit that out later. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good impression of me. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> you guys, stop it. It <laughs> takes so long to edit. It takes that long to edit. Pass me my briefcase. <laughs> I've always got to cut out all the N-words Aaron says. Whoa, come on. No, that's not me. Oh, that's a good one. I'm leaving all that in there. 
<laughs> That's the end of the story. That's the end of the Unabomber. Theodore. He's in a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison. Joffrey Kosinski. Hopefully they make him... Joffrey? I don't remember his little name. They make him watch an iPad every day. <laughs> yeah, that'd be technology. hilarious. Oh, I got it. Yeah. So on the... And Here's your goddamn iPad, Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> and they can play video games as punishment. Yeah. <laughs> One of the last things he said in the In My Own Words documentary is he's like, uh, now I just worry that the... I'm a part of the system and they're going to like break me down or whatever. That's what he said. He's worried about the system winning or whatever. Well, they like won. Already, they got him. They, exactly. They did win. You Whether are a part of the system. they break you down or not, they got you. You're, you're part of the... You're in prison, you're part of the system. Yeah, you're definitely a part of the thing you were trying to get away from. Good job, Teddy. Dumb piece of shit. <laughs> Douche. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Remember... Go like us, share us on Facebook, love us on Instagram, rate us on Spotify, review us on Apple Podcasts, review us anywhere you listen to us. We really, I know we got a bunch of Spotify listeners. Y'all, please just click the five star rating. It doesn't take that long. It takes like two seconds. Please do us a favor and just hit the rate five stars. I appreciate it a lot. That's how we are going to grow it. We need those ratings and reviews. It helps a lot. It helps us pop up, like pushes us up to the top. If somebody searches Unabomber, then we'll push us up to the top if we have the most ratings and reviews. That's what's going to help us grow this thing. So please do that. We want to be at the top. We want to be at the top so we can give you... We're not bottoms. (laughs) (laughs) We want to be at the top so we can give you all more content, better content. We'll upgrade the equipment. Episodes every day. That'd be be amazing. That's a dream right there. I'm telling you, if we could get to the point of monetizing this and growing it to the point of being able to do this for a full-time job, that would be unbelievable. If you like us, but you're like, man, I wish that could be better. We could be better. We could could be better. We gotta work all all day long and then do this. I'm fucking tired right now. Getting shit-faced off of three beers. (laughs) (laughs) Three beers used to be nothing back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll see you again next week. Keep it sexy. You gotta keep it sexy. Because if we didn't keep it sexy, you wouldn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) I like how was the question. (laughs) Shoving it up her vag.